Well, hello, everyone. This is William Brooks with EQ4E, or Essential Questions for Educators podcast. I'm glad you joined me this day, and um, I've been gone for a little while, so that probably, uh, for my regular listeners, an explanation might be in order. Uh, but first of all, I you know I welcome you for uh, coming back uh, to see what's going on, and uh, this is the very beginning of 2024. Thursday, January 18th, 2024 is when this goes out. You know, I was, to, to my absence, I did not plan on taking a big absence. Uh, ended up getting COVID, uh, had, had had some fun with that, had a mild version of that. But I was actually doing some adjustments to a flight uh, that I had. Coming back from Hawaii in February, I was going through Dallas, and it was just too short of a layover, and that 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 always makes you nervous, you know. Especially when you're coming home, you want to get you want to get home. It, it 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 takes long enough to come back from Hawaii, and I was trying to lengthen it out, and I was looking at different flights that would be four hour layovers, three hour layovers. There was even one with five hours. Uh, there really wasn't a good one, uh, but I was in the middle of that, and my wife, Danny, came to me, and she had a concerned look on her face, and she said, you need to take me to the ER. You need to take me to the ER now. So, you know, without getting into all sorts of personal things, um, she had a rough go for a while. It really made me think about, you know, things that are important, things that I need to uh, attend to, and I was attending to her a lot. But uh, she's okay now. She, she's fine. Uh, many appointments, many specialists later. Uh, we have a plan figured out. But uh, if you are of the uh, type that uh, does say some prayers or lights candles or, you know, whatever you do, positive thoughts would be appreciated. Now, uh, this I, I will say this is not life-threatening. So those of you who know me well, don't, don't text me like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But it, it is very uh, inconvenient if you will. But, okay, so, (laughs) but, you know, I I just felt like I needed to say that because I've been very consistent since August 1st in uh, my communication through, through podcast and whatnot. So, so I apologize for not, uh, not, not being out there, but I know you guys, you guys understand. All right. So I released on my blog, uh, I, I've kind of had a, a slight shift over to leadership recently. I also did an indexing of all of the essential questions that I asked in 2023. You can see those at essentialquestionsforeducators.com. I organized it a little bit better. If you go to start here, you can look at the index, and it's by uh, basically the type of position you have, the type of position you want to have, everything from leadership, instructional coaching, teaching, uh, technology, all of those things. But recently, I believe 51 and 52 have to do with leadership. And I want to talk briefly uh, this morning about number 52, which is titled, School Leaders, Is It Time to Teach a Class or Two or Even More? Uh, This is a topic that I am very passionate about. And it, it started, you know, when I started teaching in the early 90s. And I started going through the evaluation process. And I realized 
that these people that are talking to me, these very good assistant principals who are talking to me, hadn't been in a dang classroom in over a decade. I, I had one evaluation experience in my career where uh, I think this person had taught a subject that wasn't mine, which is fine, that happens all the time, but hadn't taught a subject that was mine, left the classroom after about four or five years after this person finished their, and, and, and this is going way back to the 90s, after this person got his or her master's degree in administration, and, you know, very little class time. You know, if you're three to five years and then into administration, uh, that has its challenges. I've seen people do it very successfully, but I remember just thinking, man, I would love for you to come teach, uh, you know, a, a class and not just teach a subject that you're passionate about. But, you know, what does the curriculum say? What's your what's your standard? What, what are your learning targets? And back then we didn't call them learning targets. But, uh, you know, what what are your instructional goals? What? You know, what, what instructional strategies are you going to use to get, you know, kids engaged? You know, I, I, yeah, because I don't want, you know, you're telling me you don't want me to lecture as much, which is fair. But I'm like, how much did you lecture, you know, in, in your job? So show me, show me, you know, be a little vulnerable with me. And, and these were just internal thoughts and they weren't that strong at the time. But I definitely remember having them. And. And I continued to have them as I left the classroom, went into basically professional development, leadership development. I uh, was fortunate enough to, you know, I don't know if she listens, but uh, Kathy uh, was going to a conference at my school when I was in leadership, uh, you know, development, school redesign, and she was going to be gone for a week to the National uh, Council of Teachers of Mathematics conference, NCTM conference, I think. And she was like, hey, Bill, do you want to take over, you know, this very specific class that really can't, you know, I don't want them to fall behind. I, mean, I don't think the other classes will fall that behind, but I really need these kids to keep up with this. And so I taught for a week and it had been a while. And I was like, you know, that was fun. You know, that was nice. You know, it wasn't realistic as far as the full teacher experience, but I had planning. I had some grading. I had feedback. You know, I had even did a, a mini quiz at the end of the week from the material that I went over. But I, I just remember going, that was that was nice. That was refreshing. And most of all, that was hard. <laughs> that was a lot harder. I mean, I remember being tired and, and thinking to myself, you know, these teachers are teaching five out of seven blocks. Uh, they now teach seven out of eight at that school, by the way. But uh, And it's not block, it's regular schedule. So they're like 43-minute classes, go, 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 go. But I digress. I, I remember thinking that was that was kind of tiring. And I couldn't go to the bathroom when I wanted to go to the bathroom and, and, and so on and so forth. And I also realized I only did it for a little bit, not very long, just one class. But even though it was just one class, it was helpful. It was helpful for me to get that perspective, that reminder of what it's like in the quote trenches, you know, where it really matters. But my blog that I wrote about what sparked this blog was my experience at one of my last schools I was at as an administrator, as an assistant principal. And I had a friend, still a friend, who uh, taught AP psychology, was a fantastic AP psychology teacher, not just because he told me he was, but the, you know, I, I, I knew him in his first year out of the classroom. 
and kids would talk about him and just be like, wow, man, I really wanted to take your class. I was looking forward to taking your class. I mean, I heard that all the time from students when I was standing with him on hall duty. And I, I realized, hey, this, this dude was legit. You know, this guy was good. And I remember him saying to me one day, hey, I'm going to go be a guest speaker. Like, I'm going to talk about, you know, this topic in AP Psych. And, you know, there's a first year teacher teaching it now. So I think it'll benefit this teacher. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited. And I saw the excitement in his voice and his face. And I remember asking him about it after it was over. And he's like, man, I'm going to do that again. Like, I'm, it, it's, not just, it's not just a one and done thing for me. That was fascinating. That was interesting. And it, you know, it, it was just an awesome experience. And that stuck with me. And it reminded me of those feelings that I had way back when. And I thought, gosh, how powerful would that be? Because I had had, and, you know, teachers, I'd, I'd talked to other teachers when I was a teacher, and we were like, man, these administrators, they don't know what it's like. They've forgotten. And by the way, administrators at the building level look at central office people from time to time, and we're like, gosh, they don't remember what it's like to run a building and to do discipline and blah, 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 blah you know, supervision. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's always kind of looking up a level or two and being like, oh, they just don't get it. They forgot, you know, what it's like. But I, it, you know, when, when this AP psych teacher did this, I started thinking, well, I want to do that too. Why not? Why can't I do that? Why can't I get back into the classroom and do a little bit of teaching and not just a guest lecture experience, Although there's nothing wrong with that. If you are out there and you're an administrator and you're like, well, how will you know? I get into classrooms. Like, I'll come in and I'll talk about this thing or that thing or the other. You know, for example, when I was at that school, the student government teacher asked me to come in and do something on leadership. And I taught, uh, I, I taught that leadership class like a problem solving protocol that they seemed to really enjoy. And it, you know, I had to prepare for that. It was a one and done. I'm out. I'm done. And uh, that that uh, student government teacher had a, an excellent perspective. He, he invited all administrators to come in and talk once a year about something, uh, a topic of their choosing on, on leadership. And I thought that was really cool. But anyway, all this stuff came to me and it really got me thinking. And I don't remember where I was or what happened. There wasn't this big aha moment that I had, but I remember thinking, hey, we have a teacher who's going to retire soon in the math department. I was a math, you know, math teacher. And I think I might ask her if I can come in and maybe plan a unit, uh, deliver some of the instruction. I, I just wanted to be a little more involved. And I remember having that thought and floating that out to her. And I was her evaluator, which kind of made it, uh, you know, a little dicey, but she was a solid teacher. I, I had no issues other than little tweaks here and little tweaks there. And I, I remember joking with her at one point, uh, something to the effect of, well, you can see me fall down and, you know, you know I should have done this, this way and that, that way, you know, being, being very transparent as, as a teacher myself. But then somewhere along the line, I remember thinking, why don't I just become a co-teacher with that teacher? And when my admin mind started to wrap my brain around that, I was like, well, I can't be the official teacher of record or the official co-teacher of record, but I can still be a teacher with that teacher if she'll have me. One class, like I'll pick one course and we will teach it together 
and I will be there. And so my brain started getting a little too carried away. So I went to my principal and this was in the spring. I, I wasn't going to do it immediately. And I said, Hey, you know, the, you know, these are my thoughts and this is kind of what I want to do. And he was like, Whoa, okay. Wow. That's, you know, that's different. You know, well, what if we need to get a hold of you? I'm like, well, I'll have my radio, you know, this is the classroom I'll be in. This is the time. If there's a parent, if there's an important parent meeting, if there's, um, uh, an admin meeting, if, if, if something, if the stuff hits the fan, I can be there just as quickly as if I were, you know, around the building and had my radio on. And I would make sure the other teacher knows that, that, hey, you know, I could have to go pretty quick or I might be gone for a week or I might be gone here or there. And so he said, okay, you know, let's try it. You know, let's, you know, go for it. So I remember going to that teacher and saying, hey, you know, this kind of just went next level if it's okay with you. Because, you know, I wanted to check with the boss first. And so, you know, we sat down, we talked about it and she was like, okay, all right, you know, let's do this. You know, let's try this. And so I was excited. I was terrified. I was nervous. I was like, okay, all right, you've been evaluating teachers at this point for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And, and now the rubber's going to hit the road and it's going to be your tires on the road. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So I did it. I did it. We, we started in the fall. I was introduced as kind of a co-teacher who's going to be with them for a semester. It was a semester class. And I adored the experience. I loved it. I, you know, we were a standards-based grading school and I was an administrator over standards-based grading school, but I had never done the teaching thing with standards-based grading with those types of expectations. Now I'd done versions of it before it was called SBG in the nineties and early two thousands. I later realized what I was doing was holding kids accountable for uh, individual standards, but I, maybe, maybe I'd heard of it, but uh, I, I didn't call it an SBG at the time, but I was in an SBG school. So I was designing assessments. I was having to you know, lay out my assessments. Okay, what makes this proficient? What makes this advanced? What, what about nearing proficiency? Okay, gosh, this is hard. And I had been evaluating teachers that had been doing this and, you know, giving them some advice and some things to think about, but I had never done the thing. I'll tell you another thing I'd never done. Uh, I, I remember in, oh gosh, what year was it? It was probably around 2001. 2002 when only a few kids had cell phones and they were not smartphones they were you know the kids that can put that uh, flip phone down and pretend to be reaching in their bag and they don't even have to look at the at the keypad and they can text their friends and you know stuff like that but only a few of the kids had them it was not a concern i'll tell you what, a, what was a concern back in my day my, my first round of teaching was pagers beepers <laughs> all that we, we had to be on the lookout for beepers and pagers, you know, because that's what drug dealers use. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, kids would ask to go use the bathroom and use the pay phone to send a message to another pager or beeper. And probably nine times out of the 10, it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, texting a secret code to their friend. Oh, I love you. I miss you. Stuff like that. But anyway, I'd never dealt with smartphones in the classroom. Now, I've dealt with smartphones sitting across my desk as an assistant principal but I'd never dealt with smartphones in a classroom as a teacher. I had never taught a unit, a chapter, whatever you want to call it, to the kids in the, you know, beyond 2003, 2004, when I'd left the classroom, not for an extended period of time. 
And there I was, talking to little Johnny, made up name, Johnny, and said, hey, hey, come on, we're doing this. You know, put your cell phone down, put your cell phone down. You know, it's a, it's not a green light for cell phones. <laughs> we had a light, uh, you know, a, a, a light system. You know, we're, we're on red. We're, you know, we're supposed to be working now. And, you know, Johnny would engage in a conversation with me, and I'd turn around, and I'd go to someone else, and out of the corner of my eye, Johnny's back on his cell phone. I had never dealt with that before. And so for, you know, the first month, I was dealing with cell phones. I was dealing with the kids of, I don't remember exactly what year it is, uh, we'll call it 2018, you know, and I, it, it was just different. And I started to have more empathy. Now, mentally, I knew I should be empathetic towards teachers and, and technology in their classrooms, and everything, but I did not have firsthand experience with it. And it was fascinating because I could pull out, I could take a 30,000 foot view of this and look at as an assistant principal, as an admin, a building administrator, I would think of it as an instructional coach. I'd think of it as now a teacher who dealt with it one class every other day because we were on block every other day. But it was so interesting, the addiction of those cell phones. But it was interesting in the lesson design, the standards-based grading, just everything, everything. It was fascinating. What, another thing I noticed is the teacher I worked with put all of the lessons on a Google slide or a, you know, had, had everything prepared and ready to go. That's not the world I came from. I had uh, like a lesson plan on a uh, you know, sheet or two of paper. Sometimes it was five sheets of paper. I'm thinking calculus. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I just referenced it and went, you know, went back up to the board. You know, I started out on a chalkboard. I did for first five years, chalkboard then whiteboards and and then when smart boards came in only those lucky first adopters got to kind of work their way through that i was not one of those so when i left i was on a whiteboard with expo markers and that eraser that had all the gunk uh, on it which i'm sure some of you still do as well but it was just so fascinating like our different styles and i saw the benefits of having that so you could post it to google classroom or whatever platform was being used you know the notes and things like that and it was just an amazing experience so if you've read my blog you know this goes terribly wrong <laughs> and, 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 and it does, it, well, it's not terribly wrong but there was a hiccup I was in a district admin meeting, which are monthly. They're, they're normal when they're not canceled. And I, it was the first one of the year. You know, the assistant superintendent had let us get our feet under us and, and everything. So it was probably end of September-ish. And our assistant superintendent was really good at, you know, the old icebreakers or activities where you just kind of get to know each other a little bit, which I'm not totally anti that. I mean, I'm professional development, so I do things like that all the time. But we were going around a room, and these are elementary uh, principals and assistant principals, middle school, and our, our high school team uh, was there. Most of us were there. And we had to go around and talk about a challenge and a success. And, you know, just it, it was one of those activities. So it was quick. But it was interesting to hear what people were having success with early on and what challenges there were. And, and you know, I was one of the last people to go. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to tell them about teaching, about how this little experiment I'm doing and, and all this. So, so it got to me. And I think my challenge had something to do with tracking down tardies or, you know, something like that. I said, but, oh, my gosh, guys, 
let me tell you what I've been doing. And so I told him about what I'd been doing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a look around and eye contact people. And I, I was getting wows and smiles and, and, you know, I, I was reading eyes and it was all good. It was all good. And then they went on to the next couple people and it was over. Well, the next day, the next morning, and it may have been a couple mornings, it wasn't this whiplash moment, but I remember being in my office, probably tracking down tardies. And I remember my principal coming in and sitting down and said, hey, we need to talk. And I was like, okay, you know, what's up, boss? And he's like, well, um, you know, you shared about teaching in uh, the admin meeting with, with all the administrators from the district present. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, right, is it going to start a trend? Is it going to start a wave of people, you know, getting back into the classroom just a little bit, just a smidge? He's like, mm, no, that's not how it went. And this is paraphrasing. But he essentially said that the assistant superintendent uh, either called him or talked to him face to face and said, hey, I got quite a few complaints about what your assistant principal is doing in the classroom. And I looked at him and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. He said, they're, they're like, why do you need another assistant principal if he's going to spend, I don't know, 25% of that day, but, which it wasn't 25% of that day, but anyway, 20% of that day, every other day, teaching and not being an administrator. And he said a couple of them even went as far as to say, like, hey, you know, let him go back to the classroom and we'll take the admin in our building if the high school doesn't need uh, the full amount of administrators. And I remember looking at him and going, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you got to leave the classroom. And I remember my heart, my soul breaking. And I, I, I was just like, I, I have to process this. And he's like, well, process it how you want. He's like, but you're not going back in. And I was like, okay, well, I will go back in one more time just to say goodbye to the kids. Uh, because I'm, you know, I... I I'd done what I preach. Like I'd built some relationships and I, I chose to teach for financial reasons and for just loving the kids reasons to teach summer school for the first 10 years of my career. And I'll be honest, I did it for the money at first, but then I realized those kids needed us, not just me, us summer school teachers to get them through some tough times, some tough subjects and topics. And I had, prided myself in doing that. And I, I, I had been doing that, I think, for those kids. And so I went in. I, I, I didn't throw anybody under the bus. I just said, hey, some things have come up. I can no longer be in this classroom. You know, I might come in from time to time to say, hey, or I'll, I'll definitely say hey to you guys in the hallways. And, you know, if you have a problem at lunch, <laughs> if you're working on your math at lunch, uh, just wave me over while I'm doing lunch duty and I can help you. No one ever waved me over. No one ever stopped me in, in class other than, man, I wish you were still in our class. I was like, oh, yeah, so do I. You know, I got this thing. And I just remember just being bummed, being sad. There was a group of teachers that I would go to. I, I'm remembering now. This is coming to me in the moment that after every time I taught that class, I would go down to them. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened today. You know, Johnny was struggling. But then, you know, I through a series of questioning. I, you know, and having him access his resources, he, he figured it out. And I did that like I helped him do that. And they would just look at me and shake their heads and be like, yeah, yeah, man, that's what we do. <laughs> I was like, OK. Or I'd complain about cell phones and they'd just look at me and be like, yeah, 
yeah, that's what we do. The struggle is real. You know, the struggle is real. Red light, yellow light, green light, great, fine. You know, some of us do better with that than others. But yeah, the struggle is real. And I, that, that, that impacted me a lot. And it didn't convince me in any way, shape, or form that what I was doing was wrong. In fact, you know, I, I don't blame the assistant superintendent. I, I mean, this, this person was getting some complaints. And it was, I think it was just easier to just pull me out of the classroom. Because I think there were some veteran uh, head principals that would have really liked another assistant principal or something. I don't know. I never asked. But I know this assistant superintendent uh, fairly well, instructionally and educationally. And I would think that in the in the bottom of his or her heart, <laughs> those of you who know me, who probably know who I'm talking about, um, just that would be like, oh my gosh, what a great experience maybe not every every other day but you know if you would do that just a little bit less or whatever what a powerful experience i believe that he or she would be for that and i think i may have just taken it a little too far actually joining in and becoming a an unofficial co-teacher but the reason I wrote a blog on that and the reason that I'm doing a podcast, a pretty quick follow-up podcast on that is because, you know, if you're a leader out there or, you know, whether you're a teacher leader that can bring this up to administration or a teacher who might go into leadership and have this in their mind, or if you are a current leader, I'm going to tell you that the empathy, the appreciation, the, um, you know, all... I always got complaints. Guys, you, you don't know what we do in the classroom anymore. You guys have forgotten. Yeah, we didn't know what it was like to, I, we used to, but to plan for class, to, you know, work with students, with the distractions that are there, to plan, to figure out how to grade fairly again, you know, things like that. It was, it was a powerful, powerful experience. And in my blog, pull it up here. I, I said, here, here's what I learned. I learned that teaching is still hard. <laughs> Preparation over, I should have put over preparation is still important. Designing assessments requires a lot of thought, especially if you're truly going to go standards based and, you know, cut out a lot of the fluff that doesn't really need to be there. Or if they're unbalanced, like how do I make sure this thing is balanced? Another lesson I learned is grading assessments using standards based grading is very different in practice than traditional grading. And I get standards-based grading. I, I really do. And I get traditional grading. I get the flaws in it. But the act, the, the saying that SBG is the way to go, and then the act of pulling it off and pulling it off well, two totally different things. And I got a sense of what that was like as a teacher. I put in there specifically, specifically the cell phone thing. The addiction is real. It is so hard. And heck, I, you know, the addiction for teachers is real as well. And I might tell you that, I, and I'll just throw myself under the bus, in district admin meetings from time to time, I may have checked my email or whatever. I mean, I felt the addiction. But from the teacher perspective, with 15, 20, 30 or more students, holy crud. Wow. 
And then I put, I still had it. <laughs> That's another thing I learned, the ability to teach and connect with students. Uh, I, I know the cooperating teacher saw it, the kids saw it, the kids made comments to me, and I saw it, and it felt good. It felt good. So I, I did benefit from all of those things, and it was, I, I'm glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it. So if you are a current administrator or an aspiring administrator or a teacher leader or a teacher who may end up doing it someday, what do you think? What do you think about what that AP psych teacher did? Just coming in, I think it goes in uh, once a semester or, you know, probably not as much as he likes to. I mean, the dude is busy. But there's a continuum there. But there is not a lack of going into classrooms on that continuum. And I think there should be. And I think there should be conversations and considerations about what that might look like. Maybe there's a slow thing, you know, kind of like uh, what that, uh, that, that government teacher did. Maybe we should be going into government classes to talk about leadership or to our content areas to talk about something that was meaningful in our content. Maybe we should teach a little something. Maybe it's a, a, like an instructional strategy. If your school is big on cognitive engagement strategies, go into a classroom and model a cognitive engagement strategy. Not the most perfect cognitive engagement strategy moment of all time, but be vulnerable. Be willing to then reflect and say, wow, that didn't go so well. Maybe next time I will, so on and so forth. I think that's powerful. I think that's very powerful for teachers, for administrators, for the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I put potential pathways in the forms of questions in the blog. And it, you know, it starts with the question, do you believe that something like that could be powerful and important and so on and so forth? And why? And, you know, just it. I, how many questions do I have? I, I had 10 questions. I'm not going to read them all here. You can go to the blog, essentialquestionsforeducators.com. And it's blog number 52. But it's more just to get the juices flowing. Like, is this something that we can do? Is this something that we can pull off? And again, there is a continuum there. In my pie in the sky, in my, well, if I'm going to you know, design a school, this is what would happen. I would probably have assistant principals teach a semester course once during a school year. That is my pie in the sky. Now, is that realistic based on the school, based on the culture, based on this, that, that, I don't know, but would it be for you? Does that happen in other places? So that's like an extreme side of the continuum, but how about all the way back down to the other? To, I, I had a teacher, um, you know, when I, when I commented, or, I'm sorry, when I posted my blog, commented like, man, my, my teacher will come, or, or my administrator will come in and just kind of take over my class every once in a while. I mean, that's cool. That, you know, what's wrong with that? that? That's awesome. But there's a continuum there. Are you purposefully, as a leader, trying to get into the classroom and experience what it's like to plan, to execute, to reflect, refine, do basically the things we want our teachers to do? So I, uh, you know, it, 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 there was a big gap between when I did that uh, when I left the classroom to when I uh, covered that class for Kathy for a week to when I uh, co-taught unofficially uh, with that teacher. Uh, 
And each time I did it, I came away with an appreciation and empathy, but also the realization that I had, in fact, forgotten what it was like. I remembered pretty quickly, but evaluating, instructional coaching, all of that, you can kind of talk yourself into going, well, yeah, I used to do that. I had a 5, 10, 15 year teaching career. I know how to teach. I know how to, hmm, yeah, I, I, I really question that. So my big challenge, and I'm going to read you the last uh, part of my blog. I said, as you reflect on your own leadership journey, can you envision the positive impact of incorporating teaching into your and your admin team's role or roles? How might this practice reshape the dynamics of your school, your district, and I didn't put this in the blog, but yourself? All right, guys. We'll wrap it up there. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on possibly getting administrators back into the classroom on a continuum. But, you know, we, they, uh, I think, I believe, need to remember what it's like. All right, guys. You guys have a great week. Take care.